Scripture reading for this morning will be from 1 Samuel 25:23. Again, 1 Samuel 25:23. Now when Abigail saw David, she dismounted quickly from the donkey, fell on her face before David, and bowed down to the ground. Well, it seems like we had a good crowd today. I'd like to welcome everybody here. The first lesson we'll be talking about is on family. As we all know, we all have a physical and spiritual family. Within each family, each of us have a certain roles. The context we'll be referring to today will be from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, through chapter 6, verse 4. Why don't we look at the physical family and the role that the mother plays within the physical family first. If you don't mind, look, look with me at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Ephesians 5, verse 22, it says, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husband as to the Lord. Within God's law, wives are to submit to the authority of the husband. To submit is not used in a derogatory term, instead of a way for them to work things out. In fact, we as Christians are to submit and be obedient to Christ. If you would look with me at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33, it says, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. It's just saying the wife should respect her husband in, in submitting to him. If you'll look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and helps me. This text is referring to God creating Eve to become a helps meet for Adam. If you would look with me, at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31, this is a quote from Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. For this reason, a man shall leave his, leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is saying that if you look at referring back to Genesis 2, 8, 2 24, it's referring that Adam and Eve became one flesh so they could, they could create a family. And with this creating this family, they would be able to raise a child, feed it, care for it in the best way they could. If you look with me at 1 Timothy 5.14. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 14. It says... I were therefore that the younger woman marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. In the text, it said, and Paul desired that the young widow would, would, would marry so she could bear child and manage the household. We'll now look at the roles that the father plays within the physical family. If you'll look with me at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. It says, For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, 
and he is a savior of the body. The husband or father role in the physical family is to guide the family in the right direction to Christ. In the end, the husband or the father is to stand before God based on, based on if he raised the family as he was supposed to. If you look with me at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, the text reads, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. And the text is saying husbands are to love their wives and put them first. He is not to have the attitude of it's all about me. A husband should be willing, if needed, to put his life on the line for the wife. He is to treat the wife as, an, as someone he loves, not as an item. A, strong, a love this strong should, would, keep a mar- it would keep a marriage together. If you look with me at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28 through 33, it says, So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He, he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, and of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his, leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. From what I, I understand, the husband is to care for the wife as he would care for himself. If you'll look with me at Ephesians chapter 6, six verse 4, it says, And you fathers... Do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up, up in training and admonition of the Lord. Fathers are not to be so overbearing to their children that it brings on the wrath which is spoken of. If you look with me at Colossians 3.19, Colossians 3.19, it says, Husbands, love your wives and be not better against them. But it bears out the same facts that the husband's responsibility is to love his wife. Let's look at the roles that the children play within the physical family. If you'll, turn, if you'll look with me at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, it says, Children, obey your parents, and the Lord, and the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may, may be well with you and you may live along, long on earth. Children are not to dis- disrespect their family. Obedience is key, is key within a, to a healthy relationship within the family. If you'll look with me at Colossians chapter 3, verse 20, 
Colossians chapter 3, verse 20, says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. As, as I said, children are not to disrespect their parents, and obedience is a key thing to a healthy relationship within the family. Let's look at what the spiritual family is and look at the roles that we as Christians are, are haven't within it. We as Christians are to spread, spread the gospel, as it says in Matthew 28, 19, verse 20. If you don't mind looking, me at, looking with me at that. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. We as Christians are also to help the needy. If you look at Galatians 6.10, Galatians 6.10, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the, who of the household of faith. We as Christians have a role to each other, which is to edify one another. If you'll look with me at Colossians chapter 3, 16. Colossians chapter 3, 16 says, Let the word of, God, the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. The word teach and admonish are key roles in our spiritual family, the church. In singing songs, we, we ought to be able to build each other up. This helps encourage one another down the right path to Christ. If you look with me at Romans 14, 19, this refers to us edifying each other as well. It says, let us therefore follow after the things which, which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify one another. We as Christians are to, are to strive towards harmony. Also as Christians, as I've said, we are to encourage one another. If you would like to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26, says, let all things be done for edification. During their, wor worship, during their worship, they were told to let all things be done to build each other up. When we come together here to worship, we not only come to build each other up, but as well as praise, praise God. If you look at 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 11. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 11. Says, Wherefore comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as ye do. We, we as Christians are to continue to encourage one another, just as they did in Thessalonica. 
Let's look at the role that the son plays, Christ plays within the spiritual family. If you wouldn't mind, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. Look at this one again. It says, For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Like a husband in a physical family, Christ is head, is head of the church. Church members make up the body of Christ, and Christ is the savior of, of, his, of his body. If you'll look with me at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 through 27. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, 25 through 27, it says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church, and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy without blemish. Christ loved us so much that he was willing to die for our sins. In accordance to God's word, we set ourselves apart by being baptized by, by washing of water. The church members present themselves as pure and unmarked due to, the, due to being baptized by water. As we conclude, we have talked about two types of families a physical and spiritual family. The spiritual family family being the most important. As said in Matthew 7, chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, it mentions of a narrow path that we must take to get to heaven. Within, with the spiritual family being the most important, this does not mean the physical family is not. As we looked at the physical family, we looked at what the, what the roles the mother plays. We looked at how the mother is to follow, follow in the guidance that the husband and Christ set for them. They are to care for the family, help lead the children in the right path to Christ. As we looked at their fathers, the household, the fathers are to help guide the whole entire family in the right path to Christ as well as submitting to Christ. As we look at the children within the physical family, they are to submit to their parents as well as following the guidance towards Christ. Now, when we looked at the spiritual family, we looked at the roles that we as Christians have, which is to speak, speak the gospel to others, be there for the needy, and edify one another. Now, in edifying, me being a Christian, I'm here to Got to encourage and hope that each one, every one of you, would do what is right, come to church, follow the right, know what's right and wrong in God's eyes, and go down the right path. And I would hope the same from all of you, to do would do so for me. As we also look at the spiritual family, we saw the role that Christ has on us. We all know he died, died for our sins because he loved us so much. My question to all of you, are you willing to take advantage of this? If you're willing to make a change, after our second lesson, you'll be able to do so.
We're going to be a Christian. We're going to be saved. They must hear Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And next they must believe. Hebrews, Hebrew, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Next you must repent, Acts 17.30. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. And next you have to, you have to confess in the book of Romans chapter 10, verse 10. For with the heart man believeth into righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. And then fifth, you must be baptized, Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And last, you need to remain faithful in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 10. Be thou faithful unto death, and ye shall receive a crown of life. If you turn with me, we're going to sing number 469. 469. Encamped along the hills of light, ye Christian soldiers rise and press the battle ere the night shall fail the glowing skies against the foe and males below. Let all our strength be heard. Faith is the His banner over us 
This morning's scripture reading is Hebrews 11, 1. Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For it by the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Good morning. Today I will be talking about growing your faith. Today I will also have three main points, and those points will be our assignment, the things God gives us to do through the Bible, our action, and how we carry out that assignment, and our award, what we will receive in the end after we've carried out the action, the, carried out the assignment through the correct action. Now, if you will, look with me at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Again, that's Hebrews 11, verse 1. Here we will see what faith is. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Even though you can't see faith, the evidence will show the truth. Now, as Christians, our faith is believing in God and knowing that he is everywhere. God is seen through the creations. Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Some examples are like flowers and trees dying off in winter, but coming back in spring just as beautiful. Now, in order to grow our faith, we must know where faith comes from. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes from the word of God. Have you ever seen a family Bible at a friend's house or other family members sitting on a table open? Now, them having that Bible doesn't mean they believe or have faith of what's in it by just having it sit out. For them to have faith and believe what's in it, they have to go to it, pick it up, and read what's in it and learn from it. Now, looking back at Romans chapter 10, verse 17, so faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It says that faith comes by hearing, not just having it set out on the table and looking at it. Now, in order to help grow our faith, we will look at the example of Abraham. Now to my first point, our assignment. God gives each of us an assignment to do to help us grow our faith. The assignment given to Abraham was to go. If you will, look with me now at Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. Again, that's Hebrews 11, 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he, want, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now, where was Abraham supposed to go that God told him? It says back in verse 8 that he went out not knowing where he was supposed to go. So, how hard would it be for you to just have somebody come up and tell you to go? Where would you go? Well, just like Abraham, our assignment is to also go. Mark 16, verse 15 says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There is no place in the world for us not to teach or to not go and teach. Also, our assignment is to study and continue growing our faith as Christians. 
2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightfully dividing the truth. We never outgrow the need to study the Bible, no matter how well we think we know it. We must also keep ourselves unspotted from the world. If you will, look with me now at James chapter 1, verse 27. Again, that's James chapter 1, verse 27. Here it says, Pure and undefiled religion before God, and the Father is to visit orphans and widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Now here in James, it's saying that this means not to be of the world. It, now it is very easy to get caught up in sin and in the world. Now to help us stay out of sin and not to be of the world, we must hang out with the right people and do the right things and make the right choices whether it's at school or at work or just going to a movie. So just like Abraham, we have an assignment to go out and grow and show our faith as Christians. Now to my second point, our action, doing the assignment and carrying out that assignment. Now, if you will, look back with me at Hebrews chapter 11, 8 and 10. Here we will notice the actions that Abraham did. In verse 8, his action was to go. And he did go. He, now in, in verse 10, he waited. His actions was to go even though he didn't go or did not know where he was supposed to go in verse 8. And to sum it up in one word of what Abraham did was that he obeyed God. He obeyed his word. Now also looking back at Romans chapter 10 verse 17, So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Abraham heard the word of God, and he obeyed the word of God. Now, Romans 10, 17 implies that what you hear is that you also believe and obey it. Now, looking at James chapter 2, verse 19, if you will, turn with me there. Again, that's James chapter 2, verse 19. It says, you believe that there is one God. You do well, even the demons believe and tremble. Now, in that verse, it says the demons believe in God and they tremble in fear. Now that doesn't mean they obey what he says or what they, he tells them to do, but they believe that he is real. Now therefore, we must also understand and obey as Romans 10, 17 implies to us. Now notice, looking back at Hebrews 11:9, it says, by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the same heirs with him of the same promise. In verse 9, Abraham continues to obey God. As Christians, growing our faith means that we must obey God no matter what. If you will, now look with me at Hebrews chapter 11 verses, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Again, that's Hebrews 4, 11 and 12. Here it says, Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of, a, of the heart. That says that our work must be diligent, so we can have rest in the end. Now, work is the action of, be, of obedience. To be counted as a faithful servant 
we must be like Abraham and do God's work and obey God. We, like Christ, should say, Know ye not that I should be about my Father's business. That is Luke chapter 2, verse 49. And now to my third point, or award. What we will receive in the end after we've carried out the assignment through the correct action. Now looking back at Abraham, he got his assignment, which was to go. He did the action by going out. And it says in verse 8 that he, his award will be an inheritance. Now if we do the assignment which God has given to each of us by taking the action that is necessary to carry out that assignment, we will receive an award, which is land, the land of promise, or which is our land of promise, heaven. First Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Now, begotten in verse 3 means that we are one of God's children. Now, how do we become one of God's children? Well, we must be born again through baptism. Now, if Jesus had not been resurrected from his death, his death to us would have been pointless. Now, looking back at verse 4, the inheritance we will receive will be incorruptible. That means nothing bad will ever happen to it. Also, in verse 4, it says that it is undefiled or free from blemish. And that just means nothing bad has happened to it before. Now, one award I received this past year was getting to play varsity football for my high school. My assignment from my coach was to work hard, show up to practice on time, and grow and be a better athlete each day of practice. Now, my award for carrying out that assignment was getting to play on Friday nights with my team. And the spiritual award I hope to receive one day is going to heaven. And how I can carry out that assignment is hearing the word of God, believing the word of God, repenting of my wrongdoings, confessing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, being baptized for the remission of my sins, and finally remaining faithful till death. Then one day I can say, as Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith, finally. There is laid upon me, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not to me only, but, but, and not to me only, but also to who have loved his appearing. Now Paul is saying in verses seven and eight that he got his assignment. He did the action necessary to carry out that assignment. And in the end, he will receive an award, which is heaven, on that final day. Now, as we conclude this lesson, we must remember that God has given us, each of us, an assignment that we must do by carrying out the action. And after we've carried out that action, if we will receive an award, which is heaven. Now, if you haven't had your sins washed away, the assignment for you is to first contact the blood of Christ. And to contact the blood of Christ, you must first hear the word of God, Romans 10, 17. Believe the word of God, Mark 16, 16. Repent, Acts 2, 38. Confess, Romans 10, 10. And be baptized to wash away your sins, Acts 22, 16. 
Now, if you have already done all that, your assignment is to remain faithful till death. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Now, if we can help you with your desire to follow Christ, come as we stand and sing.